0: All right, hey guys, we're going to pray and jump in here. Let's pray real quick. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for Easter. Jesus, thank you that you are alive. And so God, I pray that right now you'd speak to us. God, I thank you that uh, just what we, what we just sang is true, that God, no matter where we are and no matter what's going on in our lives, we can come to you just as we are. You're not, you're not looking for perfect people today because there aren't any. You're not looking for people that have it all together because there aren't any. Jesus, you said you came for broken people, for hurting people for people who need you. And so, God, maybe somebody came here today, they don't really think that they need you. God, there's, there, we're all over the spectrum in the room. God, speak to us right where we're at. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, guys, happy Easter. Man, it's awesome uh, to see you guys here today on Easter. And, and maybe, maybe you're here today, and church is something that you do every week. Like, you are a church person. Or maybe you're not a church person at all, and church is like maybe an Easter thing, it's a Christmas thing. You know, it's, it's just rare that you're here. Like you are stunned that your family is in church today. But um, but I don't know if you ever thought about this um, or not. If you're a church person, you're kind of used to it. But I don't know if you've ever realized that Easter is really weird. You ever thought about that? I mean, Easter is... Really weird. I mean, if you just take a look at the, at the cultural landscape, if you just look at the world and some of the things that we do every single time around this time of year, it's weird. Easter is weird. Here, let me, let me, let me kind of prove it to you. Let me kind of prove it to you. You may know what this is right here. You may know what that is. What is that? It's and peep. peep. And we all know, right, that peeps are sugar-coated styrofoam. Isn't that true? I mean, listen, listen, I, I, don't, I don't get peeps. I don't get peeps. Listen, I don't get peeps, but at the same time, you put a peep in front of me, that bad boy's going down. Right? Like, I I don't get peeps. Peeps are so popular. People love peeps for some reason. But you've never heard anybody. You've never heard anybody look at somebody else and say, man, I'm hungry. I could go for some peeps. You've never heard that. Right? Because we don't really know what they are. But they look cute. Right? Like, that's just weird. It's just weird peeps are weird. I'll tell you something else that's weird about Easter, and I don't know where this tradition came from. It must, it had to have come from some corporate executive, you know, over a chain of stores, you know, some genius that just capitalized on this, because now every time it's Easter, we all know that Easter means you have to get a new outfit. Amen? We know that, right? And like, listen, listen, I don't know, I don't know where it came from, but not only do you have to get a new outfit, did you know that there are only certain kind of colors that you're supposed to wear today? Did you know this? I, I didn't know that. In fact, I, I did this a couple weeks ago. I Googled Easter outfits, okay? I Googled Easter outfits. So I Googled this, and all of a sudden, the first thing that comes up is this. I didn't even know this existed. Men's Easter outfits. Fellas, fellas, did you know? Right? So like, oh my, I was like, oh, my gosh, I, I, need to be on the, I need to be on the cutting edge of this trend. And so I clicked on men's Easter outfits. This is the first image that came up. Look at this guy. Look at that guy right there. Look how confused and hurt that young man is. Look how hurt he Do you know why he is confused? I know why. I don't even know that dude. and I know what's going on inside. Do you know why he looks so broken? Because he is wearing yellow pants. Somebody took that yellow peat, melted it, slapped him on that dude. He is wearing yellow pants. It's Easter. You wear yellow pants. Whoa. What happened? It's weird. It's weird, right? I'll tell you what else is weird. I'll tell you what else is weird about Easter. Again, if you're a church person, this is just kind of glossed over us, but it hasn't really been, the effect of it hadn't been lost on everybody else. We're celebrating today a man that has risen from the dead. Everybody did not clap because that's weird. Like, I don't know where you roll, where I roll. That don't happen much, y'all. Right? Like, when people go down, like, they stay down. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's just weird. And so I don't know where you're at today. I don't know if you're, if, you're, if you're a church person. I don't know if you believe this whole thing about the resurrection. Or maybe you're just skeptical. Again, maybe, hey, Easter, church is something, <clears throat> excuse me, church is something that your family does. See, you're not really sold on the whole resurrection thing. Wherever you're at, on the spectrum, here's what I want to say to us today. If I could sell you on one idea, if I could just get you to remember, just to put into your head one little simple idea as we're leaving here in just a few minutes, here's the only idea that I want us to get today. It's the Easter changes everything. Easter changes everything if it's true. If it really happened, if the resurrection really happen, then there's more to Easter than peeps and yellow pants. If, if the resurrection really happened, then Easter changes everything because there's a lot, there's several people here today and you might be, you, you're new, you've never been here before, church really isn't your thing. I don't know what got you here, but I at least know, I at least know there's one thing that we all have in common. And I at least know that it doesn't matter how young, how old you are, one thing that we all have in common is that there are times when we can feel like labels define our lives. When we can feel like ideas, when we can feel like things just define us, just they stick to us and everywhere they go, we go. And so maybe the label that defines your life is bad decision. Like when you think about you, you just think of one bad decision that you've made after another. Or maybe the label that you're wearing today is fear. It's fear of the future. It's fear of am I going to be able to pay tuition? Am I going to graduate? Is this relationship going to work out? Are my kids going to be okay? So maybe fear is the label that you walked in today with. Anxiety, stress, maybe it's fear. Or maybe it's failure. Failure. When you think about you, all you think about is how you let everybody down, and so you must be a disappointment to everyone. You think you've even let God down. And so the label that you carry that you unintentionally brought in with you to church today is a label of failure. I'm a failure. Maybe it's insecurity. Maybe insecurity is the label that you walked in here today with. You're not pretty enough. You're not smart enough. You're not good enough. You're not enough. Because that's what insecurity will tell you all day long is you're not enough. What's your label? It can be a label that you've given yourself or maybe a label that someone else has given to you. But here's what we're doing today. Today we are kicking off a series called Hello my name is because, because a lot of times those labels, it feels like the first thing that's true about us even more than our name is the label that defines us. That image that we have about ourselves and about our lives and where we're going that we just can't get out of. We see everything through the label. And so what we're going to do over the next four weeks is we're going to discover how to break free from these labels. So listen to me. Hey, if church isn't your deal and maybe you just had plans on coming to Easter and not coming back, listen, I would tell you to come back. Okay? Because this is going to help you. This is going to help your friends. You might know somebody needs to hear this. Bring them with you next week. Next week we're going to talk about how to break free from the label of insecurity. But every single week over the next four weeks in this series, we're going to discover how to break free from these labels that hold us back. And today the label that we're talking about is the label LOST. You know, I read an article not too long ago that talked about the overwhelming number of people, the overwhelming number of Americans that are going through their life right now. They're going to school, they're going to work, they're clocking in, they're clocking out, they're living their life, they're making breakfast, eating lunch, they're raising families, and they just feel like they are lost in their lives. You feel that way? Like you're just running and you're running and you're running and you don't know why you're running, like you're stuck. Like you've got no purpose. Have you ever looked at your life and you've said, what am I here for? Or maybe you've looked at your life and you said this, how did I get here? How did I get here? Maybe the reason that you ask yourself that is because you're starting year eight of a job that you said you'd only do for one year. And in that first year, all of a sudden, it got really comfortable for you. That job's paid bills. Yeah, it wasn't what you dreamed your life would be a part of, but you know what? It was really comfortable. You figured it out. You saw the ends were going to get met in that job, and you just kind of shifted into neutral. said, I'll stay right here. And you're eight years into a job that you said you'd stay one year at, and you're looking around, and you're thinking, how'd I get here? Maybe it's in a relationship. And you see that relationship's going nowhere. Everybody in your life is telling you, he's a loser. And here you are, you've been with him for years, you've been with her for months, and you're starting to think, maybe they're right. How did I get in this kind of relationship? We can feel lost in our jobs, we can feel lost in relationships. The deepest kind of lostness that we can feel is a spiritual lostness where we're not connected to God. In fact, that article went on to say, So here's it went on to give some tips so that you can get unstuck, so that you can go through life and not feel lost. And so the very first thing it said is it said, hey, listen, if you're going through life and you feel like you're just running, 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 you don't know why you're running, here's what you do. Get a hobby. Get a hobby. i will fix all your problems. Get a hobby. Have you ever done that? Maybe that's exactly what you did. You were bored with the level of life you were living, and so you went out, and you got a hobby. And I don't know what your hobby might be. Maybe all of a sudden you're working out. Maybe all of a sudden you've picked up some kind of TV show. I don't know what your hobby is, but if you ever all of a sudden picked up a hobby and found, I still feel lost. I still feel stuck. And you went back to school. Going back to school was great. So you could get that career, and getting that career it was great, and you still feel lost. You still feel like you're running, and you don't know why you're running, and you don't know what's going on, and you're looking around saying, well, how did I get here? And can I just say to us today that, listen, it doesn't matter how satisfying our job is. It doesn't matter how satisfying our relationships are. Every single thing in our life can be up and to the right. But if we do not have a relationship with Jesus, the label over our life is lost. And so that's why we come today, because Easter changes everything. Because if the resurrection happened, if it really happened, if Jesus 2,000 years ago really did die and come back to life three days later, then that changes everything. And so maybe you're asking, well, did it happen? Did did it really happen? Happen And listen, this takes a long time. We could talk about this for weeks. We could talk about this for months, but I just want to say very quickly that the overwhelming answer to did Jesus really come back from the dead, the overwhelming answer is yes. And history shows that at all kinds of different points. I mean, in fact, in fact, to prove that, All we need to do is go back to Easter Sunday morning, the very first Easter morning, when Jesus really did come back from the dead. The Bible says that the first people to to discover that Jesus was alive, that he ain't in there, and the tomb is empty, were women. See, you and I, we live in a day when, when, when a lot of people think that the Bible is so old, it's been translated so many times, you can't trust it, and you should ignore it. Well, listen, the Bible is old. It's like real old. And it has been translated a lot. It's been translated a lot so that it can go into all kinds of different languages so that you and I can read it on our own, understand it, and get everything that God wants to say. But listen, if the Bible has really been changed so much, if the fundamental message of the Bible has been changed so much, if things were added to the Bible that that made it this big, over-the-top story and we shouldn't trust it, if the Bible has been changed, then can I submit the first thing that would have been changed Thousands of years ago was the fact that the Bible records women found Jesus alive first. And the reason that's a big deal is because in Jesus' day, women were considered liars. Fellas, don't amen that. Don't amen that. Like, if that sounds offensive, it's because it's offensive. All right? Like, that's what it is. It is offensive. Okay? But in Jesus' day, listen, in Jesus' day, this is true, women were not allowed to testify in court. No matter what it was, women were not allowed to testify in court because the testimony of a woman in Jesus' day, it was considered on the same level as that of a dog. And that the Bible says women found Jesus alive first. This whole thing started, the word about Jesus being alive started with women. 2,000 years removed from when that was written. You and I don't feel it, but can I just say that the pressure to remove that, the pressure to change that one fact was overwhelming. Why didn't they change it? because that is the way it happened. That's why they didn't change it. They said, we can't take that out. It doesn't matter how offensive, how countercultural it is. We can't, we've got to leave that in, because that's how it happened. There's also a man in the Bible named Paul. And Paul did not grow up in church, didn't believe in God. In fact, he used to hate Christians. Before he met Jesus, he actually went into towns, and he would look for men, women, and children who claimed to be followers of Jesus. He would have them arrested, He would have them beaten, and a lot of times he would have them killed. He hated Christianity, and history records, even outside of the Bible, that this man really did exist, that this man really was a horrible person. But something happened to Paul. There's a book in the Bible called Acts, and that book tells that that Paul is actually going to a city called Damascus. He's going there to persecute Christians. And Paul meets the resurrected Jesus, and Jesus changes Paul's life, and history records that Paul, after that meeting on the Damascus Road with the risen Jesus Christ, Paul, a guy that used to hate Christianity, from that moment forward, all of a sudden, he gives his life to the movement of Christianity. He goes into towns, he's willing to be beaten for it. He's actually put in prison over and over and over. The Bible says that he was flogged, meaning almost beaten to death. His reputation was ruined. He endured pain that we would never experience. All in the name of Jesus. Why would he do that if it wasn't real? Why would he go through that if he knew it was a lie? The answer is because he knew it was true. And what he knew is that Easter changes everything. I want, you to see, I want you to see what he actually said. So if you've got a Bible, I want you to open up your Bible to Galatians chapter 2. We're just going to be in one verse today. Galatians 2, verse 20. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. If you don't have a Bible, it's going to be on the screen. There it is right there behind me. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. And it says this. It says this out of a translation of the Bible called the New Living Translation. It says this. My old self, this is Paul, the guy we were just talking about, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, watch this, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. See, because Easter changes everything, it shows us three things shows us three things about the labels in our lives, no matter what's defining you today. Maybe you are tracking with that, and you're saying, man, I do feel lost in my life. I'm running, and I don't know why I'm running. I don't know what your label is, but Easter shows us three things about the things that define us, and the first thing that it shows us is I'm not stuck with my label. I'm not stuck with my label. Paul says this, Paul opens up the verse, and you saw it. He says, my old self, what's that mean? He says, listen, guys, you know who I used to be. You know that my label used to be murderer. You know that my label used to be basically a terrorist. You know that my label was that I was a horrible person and nobody wanted anything to do with me. But I'm not like that anymore. That's who I used to be. That's not who I am. Something has changed inside of me, Paul says. And here's the kicker. What made the difference is this phrase, Christ who lives in me Christ who lives in me Paul says Jesus isn't out there he's in here Jesus isn't out there maybe that's where Jesus is for some of you you believe in Jesus maybe you even believe that this thing called the resurrection it actually happened but you don't get any benefits from Jesus You don't get any benefits from actually having a relationship with him. So he's out there, and yeah, he's probably real. And you know what? I pray occasionally when my life gets hard. But you know what? At the end, basically, I think that I'm going to be okay. He's out there. Paul says, no, 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 he's not out there. He's in here. See, God doesn't want to be out there. Some distant reality that might be real, might not be real, helps other people, but he's there if I need him, but basically I'm doing fine on my own. No, no, no. God doesn't want to be some person out there. He wants to be a person in here, in your heart. He wants a relationship with you. Did you know that? Did you know that God wants a relationship with you? See, I don't know what you know about God, but I want to tell you today that God loves you. That it doesn't matter what your label is and what you've done or where you've been, that God loves you and you are made by God for God to have a relationship with God. So it's not enough that he's out there. Let me ask you something. Is he in here? Is Jesus in here? Paul says, I know he is. 100% beyond a shadow of a doubt. Jesus is not out there. He is in here. Can you say that? Do you know him or do you know of him? Let me drive this home. Let me give you a test. Who is this? You tell me who that is. Five people know who that is. We are in trouble And listen, listen, listen. listen. Let's not get into politics. I'm not asking you what you think of the man. I'm asking you who is the man. So let's all, some of you are like, I don't know. Should I pray? It's Barack Obama. All right. So let's do that again. Who is that? That's Barack Obama. And you sound excited. Barack Obama. It's Barack Obama. Now, now, how many of you know Barack Obama? Like he's on your speed dial. Hands went down. There we go. (laughs) Yeah you chilled last night? Nope. I don't believe you did. It would have been awesome if you did. See, you know of Barack Obama, but he's not like on your recent call list. Let me do this one again. What's this one? Who's this guy? Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber. Any believers in the house? Any believers? Uh, A bunch of closet believers. I understand. I understand. Justin Bieber. You know who that is, right? Let me do this one. Who's this? Who's this? Who's that? People got excited. Revival just hit. We could have the invitation right now. Bring the lights down. It's Taylor Swift. Shake it off, right? It's Taylor Swift. That's why I'm not in the band, by the way, because of that. How many of you know Taylor Swift? Like, you know her. You are hanging. Not how many of you wish you knew Taylor Swift. All right? How many of you know, like like, you and her have hung out before? She calls you, you call her your besties. No. No. You know of her. I mean, you've downloaded her music, and you watch her videos, and you're obsessed, and it's close to stalking and things like that. But you don't know her. You've experienced the benefits of Taylor Swift, like you're rocking out to her music. Maybe you're going to go to her concert later on this year. You know of her, but here's the difference. There's a difference between knowing of somebody, knowing about them, experiencing the benefits of them. And there's a difference between knowing about them and actually knowing them. See, we experience experience the benefits of knowing about God, knowing that God is out there. We experience the benefits of his creation. We can come into environments like this, but listen, there is a difference between knowing about God and actually knowing God. Paul says, listen, I don't know about him. I've moved beyond that. I know him. Do you know him? Do you have a relationship with Jesus? Because listen to me, if Jesus wanted a relationship with a guy whose label used to be murderer, it doesn't matter what your label is, he wants a relationship with you. I'm not stuck with my label. But here's the reality. I can't change my label. That's the second thing you need to see today is that I can't change my label. I can't change my label because here's how we think God works. We think that God works this way. All right, if I go to church enough, maybe throw in some Sunday school for good measure, maybe give a little bit. If I'm basically a good person, if I do unto others what they would do to me, if I'm basically a good person, then I think that at the end of the day, everything's going to go fine with me and all dogs go to heaven. See, we think that the way God works, it's all driven by our performance. But listen, if it was all about our performance, then all God would have done was God would have come and he would have said, here, here's your to-do list. Do this. It's important. And we wouldn't have needed Easter. We don't need Jesus to die. We can do that. We don't need Jesus to come back from the dead. It's just a to-do list. No, instead what we needed was Easter because you and I cannot save ourselves. I can't do anything on my own to enter into a relationship with Jesus because of what's called sin. Sin is my biggest problem because my greatest need and my biggest need is a relationship with God. Sin cuts me off from that relationship. And so 2,000 years ago, God looked at humanity. He looked at you and he looked at me and he said, I love them. I want a relationship with them. I am going to come and do all the work. I'm going to die for sin. I'm going to come back to life. I'll do the work. They receive it by faith. So I can't change my label. But number three, last thing we need to see this morning is that Jesus can change my label. I can't change my label because of sin. I can't can't save myself. I can't be good enough. There's not a to-do list long enough. But Jesus can change my label. Moment of honesty. Moment of honesty. How many of you have a piece of exercise equipment at your house that you never use? Raise your hand. Like, you bought it, you were going to get a six-pack, that was going to be the thing get you on the Olympic team, and you bought a glorified hamper, right? There you go, lot, hands are going up, go ahead and put them down. Like, that's where all of your shirts are going, It's where all your clothes are going. I need the iron, if, if it needs to be ironed, put it on the treadmill, because that's why they make those things, right? It does you no good over there. And one day I'm going to use that, but for right now, we just put our clothes on it. It does you no good over there. It can bring a lot of positivity in your life. It can bring a lot of good changes into your life. But over there, it does you no good. Paul says, listen, God isn't out there. Jesus isn't over there. And yeah, he can give me hope, but you know what? I'll do that later. I'll make that decision later. He says, no, Jesus is in me. And to have that on the table, and that's what's on the table this morning. More than any other morning of the year, we believe and we're declaring today that Jesus is alive. And because Jesus is alive, we have hope. And because we have hope, because Jesus is alive, there is forgiveness. There is second chance. There is mercy for you. But it doesn't do you any good out there if you don't receive it in here. See, because I believe that no matter what your label is, Jesus Christ can give you a new label, if your label is stuck, lost with no purpose, Jesus can give you a new label that says purpose, if your label is condemned, Jesus can give you a new label that says forgiveness, if your label is unloved, then Jesus can give you a new label that says child of God, if your label is worthless, Jesus wants to give you a new label that says valuable, if your label is lost, Jesus today in this moment can give you a new label that says found, He can come into your life. He can make all things new in your life if you receive him by faith. Listen to me. I need you to listen to me, and we're done. I don't know if you knew this or not, but every single one of us one day will stand in front of God, every one of us. And did you know that God is not going to ask you, did you go to church? And I'm, I'm a pastor. I believe in church. I think it's important. I think you need it. God's not going to ask you if you had perfect attendance in church. God's not going to ask you if you went to vacation Bible school every summer of your life. God is not going to ask you if you knew somebody who went to church. Oh, your grandpa was a deacon? Awesome. Doesn't happen. God is going to ask you one question and one question only. And he already knows the answer, but it, it, will, it will be a defining moment for your existence. The question that God's going to ask is, do you have a relationship with Jesus my son. And there are only two answers to that question. Yes, I do. Or, no, I don't. I don't. Paul says, I used to have a label of a murderer. I was running from God and Jesus gave me a new label. He is not out there. He is in here. I want to ask you one question. Is he in there? Do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Can you one hundred percent, beyond the shadow of a doubt, say he's in he's in here? I've got a relationship with him. Or maybe you used to have a vibrant relationship with God, and something happened, and you got caught off track, and you've walked away from it. And Jesus today is saying it is time to come home. I know you thought you were just going to come to church on Easter and then go about your day hunting some peeps with yellow pants on, but I had some business with you because we need to get back on track in this relationship that I want to have with you. Maybe you're sitting there and you're saying, man, I need that. Man, I need a new label. I need a change. I need mercy, forgiveness. Mark, how do I start a relationship with Jesus? It's easy. It's easy. You just ask him in. You just ask him, he's done the work, you just receive it. You go to God and you say, Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Jesus, come into my life and save me. Today I want to begin a relationship with you. If you need to get back on track with your relationship with Jesus, you've walked away. Listen, you don't need to jump through hoops to get back with God. All you need to do is say, God, I'm sorry, I'm coming back. And he says, welcome home. He's not out there not good enough that He's out there. Paul says, He's not out there something I believe in. He is in me. Is Jesus in you? Do you have a relationship with Him? Then today is the biggest day of your life. Because today, you can begin that relationship. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you right now that Easter is not about us trying to keep a bunch of rules. Easter is not about us trying to get our acts together. Easter is about the fact that we couldn't get our act together and that we are broken, that we are hurting, and we need hope, and you are that hope. And so, God, I pray that right now your Holy Spirit is moving through this crowd and in this room. And, God, I pray that if there are people in this room Christians that have a relationship with you, they used to have a really growing relationship with you and something happened, went off track, I pray today they'd come home. I pray today they'd come back. I pray today, God, that if there's anyone in the sound of my voice, anyone in this room, young or old, yeah, they believe in you, and yeah, they come to church sometimes, but God, they don't have a relationship with you. They can't say confidently that you are living inside of them. I pray that today you give them the courage say, Jesus, I need you. Save them today. Your name. Amen. Would you stand with me? Would you stand with me? With every head bowed, with every eye closed, you stand with me? Let's all stand. Let's all stand. Nobody moving. Nobody moving. Let's let God have his way with us right now. But I'm going to ask you to make a bold move. Nobody looking around, every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm about to ask some of us to make a bold move. If you're here today and you say, Mark, Mark, I'm a Christian, and at one time I had a really growing relationship with Jesus, but something happened. I got off track. Mark, I want to get my relationship with God back to where it used to be. I want to get back on track in my relationship with Jesus Christ. If that's you, would you slip your hand up right now? Raise your hand right now. You say, I just need to get back my relationship with God back on track. And here's the deal. If that's you, God is speaking to you. Say, I'm a Christian, but man, I need to to get back on track with God. I need to get my relationship with God back. The top priority of my life, I'm going to ask you to make a bold move. I'm going to invite you to come up front. You can just bow right here at this front altar right here and just say, Jesus, I'm coming back. I know it's bold and I know it's risky, but you know what? The lights are down. Nobody's looking. I invite you to come right now if you need to. Just come on. But here's my other question. Is Jesus living inside of you? Do you have a relationship with him? do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ If you're here today and you're lost and you say I want Jesus to save me I'm going to pray a prayer I invite you to pray this prayer with me Right there where you're standing say dear Lord Jesus forgive me for my sin come into my life and save me I want you to live inside of me I want that relationship with you that we talked about today Jesus here and I save me Thank you for loving me Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I give my life to you today for the very first time. In your name, amen. No one is looking around, but listen, the Bible says in 1 John 2, verse 9, that if we confess our sin, God is faithful and just to forgive us for our sin, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you just prayed and asked Jesus Christ to save you and to forgive you, he just did that. He just did that. And in fact, if you're here today, you say, Mark, I just prayed to give my life to Jesus Christ. Today I am beginning, beginning a relationship with Him. Would you raise your hand right now high up in the air so I can see it and celebrate with you? Just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. If you're making that decision today, I want you to look at me. I want you to look at me here. If you're making that decision, that today you said yes to Jesus, I want you to look at me. Listen, when you walked in today, you got a connection card. On that connection card, On the the back of that card, there's a box that says, I gave my life to Christ. Listen, don't you leave until you check that box. And don't leave until you tell somebody. On your way out in just a moment, there's going to be people with Bibles, things like that. We'd love to give you one of those. But listen, any decision that you've made today, any decision you've made today, we want to know about it. Listen, if you need to come up front, you come on. People are coming. Pray for us. Father, I pray right now. I pray right now in Jesus' strong name that no one leaves this room without confidence they are yours. Without confidence they are yours. Without confidence that they belong to you. Jesus, I pray in your strong and powerful name that because of the resurrection, Jesus, we would leave right now in these moments knowing that you are inside of us, knowing that we have a relationship with you. And if there's anybody here that doesn't know that for sure, they've got doubts. God, don't let them rest until that relationship with you is sealed and secure. In Jesus' name, amen. We've got people up front here being, listen, if you need to come up front, you need to pray, you need to talk to somebody, you come on, but let's thank God for today. Let's thank God for the resurrection and for the hope of Easter. Hey, guys, listen. Thank you guys so much for coming today. Hey, next week, it's going to be a strong week in part two of our series, Hello, My Name Is. We're going to talk about how to break free from the label of insecurity. Guys, thank you for coming. Next week, it's at the regular time, 11 o'clock. You're dismissed. See you next week. Thanks, guys.